<laughs> but you're recording. <laughs> you're recording on something, right? I was. You know how it starts like boom, 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 and then the the beat drops more. Oh my muchkale, muchkale. Make a funny. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? What is it? Jokes aside, man. I good. Jokes aside. My name is Nadiv. Welcome to my podcast. Look, here's my intro. Welcome to another episode of Jokes Aside by your boy. I wish I had a cooler stage name, but Nadiv Malcho. God damn it, parents. Well, this isn't a bad one. Um, yeah. Uh, with, this is episode like 36. This is episode... Six now. I'm going to say five or six because, you know, who knows what will come first. I did a, I taped one alone yesterday okay. and it just, uh, I didn't feel like it was great. I just did it by myself. And so when I finished it, I was like, I think I have some more in me. And then I just went on live Instagram and that was a way stronger, <laughs> stronger thing. It was more so, fun to be live on Instagram. Well, what? It was more fun. It was more fun. Yeah. I just missed the people. I was like, I need interaction. Um, I prefer interviewing people. I mean, I'm not really... Inter- so for those of you that are watching and or listening, this is, you know who it is already, James Hersey. If anything, even though you're on my podcast, I should introduce myself because you already know who James Hersey is. <laughs> people that searched us on Spotify, searched your name, and then like Nadiv Malko came up. They're like, oh, what's this? So I just won a few fans because of you. Thanks, man. That's a good idea. I like that. Because I'm going to miss you. Miss you when you're gone. Yeah, right. I'm gonna say James Hersey featuring Nadiv. That'd be good. Feet Nadiv. Talk to my record label, but we can do it. You know, technically <laughs> exactly. I'm not allowed to record anything where my voice is in the lead vocal that's not approved by the record label and that doesn't come out on, as James Hersey. So I can't like sing on someone's really? song. But I think I'm allowed to speak. Like once it's this long format thing, I don't think they own yeah, like right I also before. feel like if you're not allowed to speak, you're you absolutely sold your soul to the devil. I feel like yeah, the yeah. one thing you need to hold on to is your your voice. No <laughs> speaking. speaking. No speaking. <laughs> Don't speak. Um, no, we've been wanting to do this for a while now. If you do it alone, if you live stream it as well, you know what I mean. Like record, yeah. you could record the podcast while you're live streaming, and then you'll be having more fun. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Oh my god! Especially when I have my camera set up, because yeah. then I can just have the iPhone on the side. Like we I had a similar situation last week. I did a remix with a friend, and instead yeah. of just doing the remix and then putting it out sometime, I was like, okay, let's live stream the whole thing. So it's like exciting for everybody, dude. I what I love is your when you go live on Instagram. I love those sessions. Really, they're amazing. Yeah. You're so good at it. Yeah, and I've not been doing it. Are you having fun with it? Um. I've been doing more streams on Twitch because I'm trying to get people away from Instagram a little bit because Instagram is like, it's a social media platform. It's a promotion platform. It's not my website. And I don't want that to be the home base of where everyone is that, that follows me. And then when it slowly turns into Facebook inevitably, because it's now it's owned by Facebook and they've already put some major changes in the last 10 days that are bad, then people are going to be turned off by the platform and it, but it'll still be the center of where people can find me. So I'm trying to shift a little bit, you know? So I need to get on my my Twitch thing because I don't I have zero experience with that. Well, what's the difference? I mean, TikTok is so specific, right? It's so yeah specific, and I feel like you're really you're doing a good job. I love 
Yet yesterday I was with a, a girlfriend of mine and, or when was that? That was, uh, who did I show? No, 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 sorry. Uh, I was with my friend. Do you remember, do you know Jono from AIS? Yes. A few years younger than you? Yes. So he's uh, an actor. He also, he, he's doing documentaries now and like he, he's directing and producing and all that stuff. And I showed him, I always like show my friends the top 10 uh, TikToks that I saved that are usually really funny or like, and then it's so awkward when you scroll and then the really emotional ones come up. Is that gold. Really? You do that? You save 10 of them? And, and Dude, I save hundreds, hundreds. Okay, all right. So you no, no, but like, I give them the top 10. In order to introduce someone to the app. Yeah, and like, you know, here's some funny ones, here's an emotional one. And then we stopped on your uh, mini cover and dude, like I had a plan. I'm like, I want to show him 10 specific ones of other things. And then he just was like, we need to go. Show me James's page. I want to listen to all of it right now. What was, it was what, so what good. mini cover? Coming well, uh, no, you know, you're, you're the, mini co- the, the, the mini covers you do from different artists like uh, okay. Vance. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, so good. I think it's a good idea. I've been doing it on It's Instagram. an amazing idea. I don't know if it's great for TikTok because TikTok is so, it's, um, and it, like whatever happens, it needs to be produced and like completely made into a proper film for people to care. Right. I think. Or just a girl dancing. That also works. Or a, go- a dude yeah. dancing even. Like if you can dance, then TikTok is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's a funny story. Like I, when TikTok first got into, I, I don't know, introduced to the Western world, I had an opportunity where this woman called me. And she was like, I'm, I'm in the headquarters in London. Um, and I grew up in Vienna and we love your comedy. I've seen you on, on stage. We want to push you on TikTok. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Let me look at it. And that, I don't know, they were like 14, 15 year olds sort of dancing, singing. And I'm like, this is not at all my style. And she's like, trust me, just try a video. And the first video I did was for like this Valentine's Day special. And it got like close to 400,000 views and like wow. just under 20,000 likes. I was like, what? And, and then I did two, three of those and they, they were actually quite popular and she was pushing me. And then it was just so cringe worthy to me. I'm like, this is so not my humor. And I just stopped. Oh, did, wait, you were doing something that you, that someone else had written or what? Yeah, I wrote them, but like, I knew the kind of style that they were looking for and they were like yeah. targeting younger audiences and all that stuff. And it was getting like crazy what attention. Are we, what are we talking about? What's your profile? Uh, so Nadiv Molcho, stage name. What a stage, stage name, real name. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. But like, you know, the fir- the newest ones, ignore them. Two likes, zero views, cringe, 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 cringe. Well, the older ones are if popular. You, if you play the game, then you get a lot of views because you just write hashtags and somebody can place you. And if yeah. you decide to just do your own thing because you're like, well, fuck this, then you're screwed. Nobody will no, see I, you. I, I, fuck. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Go on my thing. Dude, I was, I was so embarrassed. And then I just stopped and now like a loser, I wrote her again. 300,000, 185,000. I mean, yeah. pretty serious. I, it sure used to be. It used to be. This is like a couple months ago. Yeah, but then I, I did recent ones and, and they were just like really not well received. And huh. no view. <laughs> and I don't know. I think I just left way too much space in between and just like never posted something. I didn't post Maybe. for a long time. I don't know. But... You know, my fault. I didn't know it was going to be so big. I thought it was like some weird, random Asian game. It's and I was still, like, all right, I'll play. still get into it. It's not like the train is gone. If you still have that's that true. to use that, if, if that's what you want, you know. I, th- I think that if you can write short sketches that are funny, like that's the place yeah. to be. 
it's not huge effort. It's less effort than doing like a proper skit show or something. And you do films, right? So yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you do you have like pride with this kind of stuff? Like if you post something and you know your music is amazing, your voice is awesome, you have all these fans, but maybe they haven't like taken the jump to TikTok yet. And you say, okay, I only have a certain amount of views or, or likes. Are you like, okay, whatever. It's just, I need to have patience and grow on that platform. Or are you kind of like, ah, fuck this. I'm going to go back to I mean, I probably thing. go in and out of this, but right now I have zero emotional connection to social media. Like I, it also might be the reason that I'm just not that good at it. Um, you know, I've had, I've had Instagram since the beginning of Instagram and I have 11,000 yeah. minutes. It's not like, uh, you know, I just never yeah. crack the code or people look at me and they're like, that guy doesn't look like how his music sounds. I don't like this anymore. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so weird. There, there might yeah. be a world where like, I, I should have just made like an avatar sort of gorilla style and then just gone with that and sort of never tried it because the, all the work and effort and like discussions and, and endless emails going back and forth about social media. Um, and then it's like, n- there's nothing there. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard because it's... What's the value? Like, do I do I need it? Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I ha- had some big songs. I still make decent money from those songs. I still make decent money from the new songs. I'm happy. I don't need social media to validate, you know, myself. It's only really now the COVID thing where everyone's like, well, what if we can never go on tour again? What if you can never go into another office again? You better have good social media. Yeah. It's really weird because I... I don't know. It's so hard. Like sometimes I have phases where I say to my audience, I go on Instagram live and I'm like, I'm going to keep you guys posted. I'm going to talk about my work, my process, you know, like what does it mean to be a struggling actor in times of Corona and keep you updated with my fitness. But then like a month later, I'll get over it because I'm like, I don't want to like, who, who gives a shit? Like who cares? And then, and, and, but they do care, you know, like people do right. You got to make a decision. Like, is social media your project and you're an influencer and you make con- that's what you do now? You make content for social media? Or right. is social media a thing that, which is where I want it to be, that promotes what you do in your life? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want Instagram to be what I'm known for. Like, I, I want my music to be what I'm known for. And I use Instagram to kind of point people there. And now I'm, yeah. like, well, I'm interested in this Twitch thing. I like the live streaming aspect, communicating with people, even if they can only chat. And I can kind of talk back to them. That's really fun. And I want to point people there. So I'm going to start doing that. But I'm not going to start making content like purely for Instagram. I just can't. Yeah. It's not me. Like I'm naturally, the only thing I'm really good at is like playing the guitar and singing. But everything else, everything I've layered on top of that is like this contrived sort of trying to, trying to bring people in. Even like producing songs. I'm not very good. I'm shit at producing songs. And most of the productions of my music are like, they're not, necessarily they don't have that much to do with me as a person if you watch me just play the guitar and sing then that's 100 percent what it is that's the best thing yeah yeah it's it's uh so what is i mean you're good at that's what i'm trying to get at really what what i'm good at look i i think it's it's weird like my whole life people have been telling me you should do stand up and you know there's a lot of comedians i meet that have had that dream since they were kids like i'm gonna grow up to become a stand-up comedian I never had that dream. I never grew up watching stand-up comedians. I loved comedy. I loved sitcoms. I, who, I, does, no, who doesn't though? Right, who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? And I, the one thing I realized, okay, with, if I, within my family, you know, we're all pretty funny and like, humorous, but obviously in my family and, and in my group of friends and all that stuff, like I, I always was, I, I was very much the funny guy. And there's a lot of, here's the thing, there's a lot of class clowns. You clown. stuck out as the funny guy. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, yeah. I was like, for everyone else, it was so obvious. Nadiv is the funny guy. He's going to make us laugh, which was, I was always fighting against that because as much as I love to make people laugh, I was, I, I was super small, super skinny. I never had, although I was very popular and I think I want, I was like, for example, a student council president. I think I got there because of <laughs> how much I made people laugh, you know? Yeah, yeah. But when it came to like adult stuff, I don't know, like, like, uh, dating or, or having an experience with a girl, I was always sort of like labeled, not only the funny guy, but the best friend, you know? Okay. And it was dating it, like so, a problem in, in school. Yeah. Like even in high school, you know, like, like growing up, I had such a hard time. I had all these crushes on girls and I was really like into people and, and it never came back because they always saw me as like this young, funny, hilarious guy, but they were interested in like the serious, the bad boy, the whatever it is, you know, it's like a stupid thing. But then, so the older I got, I was like, I want to prove to people that I'm going to be, I don't know, the action star. I'm going to be this guy in these dramatic fucking movies and like, you know, I don't know, like a crazy cool death scene or whatever. So that's where Lapdog kind of like... That's exactly where Lapdog comes in. Yeah, yeah. You're not the the guy. Exactly. And that's why you stop doing the fucking projects. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You just want to be who you are now that you've grown, that you turned Dude, 30 and had a rectal exam. I, tur- I turned 30 and I took a deep look in the mirror. And first I was like, Nadiv, A, your hair is outstanding. <laughs> it is insane. Yes. The it is insane. Oh, well, facial and on top. Yeah. Except I'm a bit patchy. I, when I get nervous, I, I twit, I twizzle, I twizzle. It's not good. It's not healthy. Patchy? No. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's weird. My hair, we spoke about hair, our routines. Like if I leave my apartment in the morning after I shower, I will post on Instagram because my hair is flawless. But then an hour later, horrible, horrible, like a bird's nest, like kind of like right now. Turn it into, yeah. What is this? What's going on? What am I seeing here? This is, um, this is just tired. Uh, it's sort of like the curl is hanging down. This is Earl the curl. The first curl I ever got, never cut him off. Earl the curl hanging down. Um, and the rest is kind of unorganized or it looks unorganized. But it's just like when I, <laughs> when I go through stress in life, you see it in the hair. So now am I proud of it? No. Was it great in the morning? For sure. Yes. Okay. Glad but there's that. nothing compared to yours. Okay. So I feel like we strayed a little bit here because it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so. It was getting interesting. I, I like that. Yeah. That's where you probably put all that teenage energy into like, I'm going to make the project and prove that I'm amazing. And now you've abandoned that project. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. And it took me four years to decide that, you know, like I, the first film I did um, from my, my own production that I directed and all that stuff, history of now was like a rom-com, but even then in the edit room, you know, I, there were so many funny scenes, like hilarious scenes that I decided to cut out. And I was like, Oh, let's go more into the emotional stuff. Let's go more into the drama. And if I look at the movie now, I think it's great. I'm proud of it, but it would have been so much better had I just been able to show my, it's not that I'm not talented with the other things. Like it's ironically, I get cast in usually like dramas or this stuff, but I think what comes to me naturally and where I shine way brighter is comedy, you know? And so, but before, and then before I sort of realized that Lapdog was a, a way for me, and I also went through a breakup back then, and I was like, I want to prove to people I can get ripped. I can look different. I can smoke cigarettes. I can right. be a fighter. You are the uh, but then, I don't know, it never felt natural. So I rewrote the script a hundred times over and I figured like something's missing. And I think it was really just 
it felt off balance. You know, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And I was going further and further away from that. And after raising quite a lot of money, I mean, we raised like almost 300,000 euros for the movie, which for a, a, a film is very little, but for uh, my film, it's huge, you know? I mean, that we're talking Bollywood cash for an indie product. This is like an indie Bollywood movie. Um, and then at some point I said, I, I don't think I can take the money from friends and family and friends of friends and investors right. for a project that I'm only doing to prove to myself I can do this. I mean, and I just decided to shelf like, it. Okay, but okay, you shelved it, yeah. But it, it could it could have been really amazing as well. Like you just would just sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I think so. Yeah. I think the the psychology or the mental state of the um, director and main actor has to be on point for it to really get where you want it to go. Anyway, so it, it has to be the right decision. If you wanted to shelf it, then it's good that you shelved it, and that's it. Yeah, it was my decision. And actually, like I, who knows? Like maybe I'll come back to it one day, and I'll be in a place in my life. And I think as a filmmaker, it's a little bit like a diary entry. It's just sort of guiding you along the way as you're progressing, as you're getting older, as you're, you have different focuses in life. It's different if someone would hire me as an actor and say, hey, we want you to play this fighter in the movie. Of course, I would love to, I, I, I don't know. But what I'm learning more and more is like, what makes Nadiv unique? Because a lot of the roles that I've played in movies so far, and they're tiny roles, but let's say I play a doctor, I play something, like there's a thousand other actors that can do that and can do it probably better. But what can Nadiv do that other people maybe can't? And instead of trying to hide that, is like bring that into the room. And, and, and that's where the success starts to come in. And, and that's what I'm practicing right now. I wonder if it's the same with music. If it's like each song you write, are you like, this is, I'm writing a song because it makes sense to write the song now. Funny. Like I do refer to myself in the third person sometimes as well, like you were just yeah. doing now. Right. Um, and I didn't know that other people did that. But you know what? It makes sense now. I'm really quickly calculating because you're also a performer. So why wouldn't you refer to that stage per, 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 yeah. persona by its name, which happens to be your name? And right. I do the same thing. I'm like, okay, well, today I have to make a James Mercy song. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's true. And if I, I don't know about you, if I look at like videos of, of me doing stand up or whatever, I, I do separate myself from the person on stage. Like, yes, it's me. And actually, the better I get, the more of me I really put on there or in there. But I, I, I do see him as a performer. I mean, this is, it's, it's a big part of me. But when I'm taught, I think that's what like the expectation of Nadiv is going to be the funniest person in the room and we're going to laugh and he's going to use humor to help us get through a certain situation. I mean, I, and I recently, Nadiv, like yeah. just purely Nadiv without Marsha is a great stage name. Nadiv, uh, yeah. You, you do Nadiv Marsha, right? But just imagine, you know the joke yeah. stand up where it's like joke like in big letters behind him, and he just do it was Nadiv. Boom. Yeah, that's oh, true. That would be really simple. Nadiv. Yeah, and it's it's simpler, simpler in the mouth. Yeah, Molcho is not an easy one. Yeah. Molcho, German, uh, Hebrew, Molcho, English. I don't Molcho, Molcho. I don't know what they say. You really get Molcho? Yeah, I do. I don't. I can't decide. I'm so indecisive. I don't know if I keep asking people, and I'm 30 years old. I'm like, is Molcho or Molcho cooler? And they were like, well, they're just gonna say it the way they say it. What happens if you just go Nadiv? Nadiv, yeah. Yeah. Ele or something, Ronaldo? Like you're gonna be Or Madonna or Madonna. <laughs> yeah. More accurate to me. But <laughs> how is it with your with I, I am it's funny, like I don't know how it is with musicians. For me, I guess just to finish the thought, like I, I recently went through, I'm sure as most people did now, a pretty tough time in Corona, like as an artist. Don't know what I can do. I I miss my audience, I miss my crew if I'm filming something or so I'm just going to go online, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, not Twitter, sorry, uh, TikTok and stuff. But it just wasn't the same. 
And I went through a period where I was really like starting to doubt things. And I was kind of nervous, like, oh my God, I thought I had it all set up in LA. And then a week in, finally getting that visa, getting the manager, getting the car, I'm back on my ass in, in hometown Vienna. And then people were awkward around me because they were used to having the funny, hilarious guy. But if you like have lunch with Will Ferrell, there's going to be hilarious moments, but he's just like a real, he's a father. He's a husband. He's a normal, he has, you know, he's fucking producing succession. He's a serious guy. Wasn't he just a super kind of very boring guy before he started doing comedy? I think he was like an accountant, What? literally. Yeah. And, and, and I, I wonder, I have to, re I actually, I should research that, but I know that he never wanted to do stand up and stuff. He was kind of always shying away from that. And Jake, take Jonah Hill, you know, Jonah Hill was like, now he's what two time Academy Award nominee. We love him in dramas. We love him in comedies, but we love him for him. That's what he's right. finally mastered. And he was like, it's just comedy was the more natural instinct at the beginning. And now it's like a little bit of everything, but, but how is it for you as a musician? Do you feel like you have to stick to a genre? Do you have to like stay true to what you did two songs ago or? I mean, I wish there were, it was, I wish it was that easy that you could just be like, keep doing that and it, it would work. Um, I think the, it, it's different for every artist. So I can only speak for myself. Right. So the, the thing that's always made me stick out and that people have always commented on um, is the voice is the way that I say words and uh, the, the, what's called phrasing which is the rhythm of of how you you how you sing um that's always been unique and and my specific accent which is kind of a fake accent actually because i only lived in the u.s after school this is just like international school american international school accent that i speak and it's mixed right. with you know what, what i've picked up from the uk and everything so that's the most unique thing as long as i keep singing the way that i naturally sing um I think people will recognize it. Everything that happens around it is just production. I think mm. the, the difference with comedy is that, or let me say it like this, because you asked about music. Music is, it's easier to perform and get away with things because it's unnatural. You know, it's sort of mm -hmm. like, it's already magic that I can pick up the guitar and make notes, even two notes sound good together, or that I can make my voice hit certain things and do certain moves. Um, that is already has a magic to it. I remember watching a drummer when I was a kid and I, that was my first instrument playing drums. And I was obsessed because I'm like, that's so cool. It's so not human. It's so, so like, uh, uh, special and magical because it's different, you know, whereas comedy is so difficult because, um, Everyone knows somebody funny. I'm sure I've said this to you before. Everyone knows somebody funny. And it's usually like someone in their family, their uncle or their brother or sister, or their dad or something that just makes sure. la roll on the floor laughing, literal ROFL. And for someone to get on stage and pretend like they're going to be the new funny guy, that already like to have that moment um, makes comedy extremely difficult. Whereas if I go on with the guitar and I can play two notes, it's already like, whoa, he can do it. You know, so it's much, right. much more easy. Just, yeah, just speak and impress people is much more difficult, you know, whether it's and I think I think you can read through comedians easier. You can read through you can tell when they're putting on an act or when they're like not yet found their voice, maybe as a comedian. I'm sure it's the same with singing, I guess. But you have a natural ability to sing. Right. And so your instinct is to perform. But like you said, like, I think it's more common that there everyone knows a funny person. Sure, everyone can say, I know someone that plays the guitar. But it's that extra level of like, yeah, but a guitar and singing on stage. Are you kidding me? That's like a big, you know, if you go to an open mic night, it's, 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 I think with comedians, it, there are, it's so hard to sit through these things because it's like, it, you, 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 
Oh, it's so ha- bro. I went to in London Dude, with my it's girlfriend to to an open mic. I've been doing a nightmare. Of, I've done a lot of music open night, open mic. Um, probably hundreds, hundreds of open mics, um, playing guitar and singing just to learn how to do it. And then I've only been to a couple comedy ones. Um, and yeah. when I remember in London, it, we were the only people that weren't performing, right? So it was at all the performers and there was like seven or eight. And then me and my girlfriend like having a beer and like, oh, let's go upstairs. There's a comedy show upstairs, whatever. It was like five bucks for whoever. And already yeah. you could tell the energy in the room. Everyone was so, so much tension. And like, uh, and like, it's so much tension. And when they were saying hi to us, like, oh, are you performing? Oh, you're not performing? Oh my God. Like that. And yeah. Everybody, <laughs> you're here to watch. You're here to watch. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, what? Here, take the couch in the first row and stuff. We're like, okay, all right. And then oh, everybody who went on stage was like talking to me obviously, because I'm the only one yeah. who wasn't another comedian. So there was always like trying to find jokes with me or rapport with me. And nobody could just relax and do a set. You know, or it, it right. was the one number one thing I noticed with comedians that are not that experienced yet is they get hectic real quick. They get hectic mm. real quick in the way they speak in their meter, I guess you would call it what we call phrase. Yeah. Music. Um, in their meter and in their tone as well. They start to speak really high and thing and super loud. And some people master that. Like I do think when I watch Joe Coy and, and there's other, um, there's other comedians as well that do this. They're kind of hectic in their, in the way they speak. But the, I think the magic moments are when you can really bring it down to like that calmness and that real, yeah. you know, yeah, that, ma- that makes a comedy set for me when someone can do that. So when I started like the first, I started very differently because people usually spend years building their, I don't know, comedy sets, two minutes here, five minutes there. And then at some point they have their special, right? The first show I ever had, the first proper show was an hour and a half on stage. And it was so great for my confidence. Long. That's so long. Dude, so long. I'll never forget. I tried that, that role I had in the, in the Will Ferrell movie. I was sitting, I had a scene with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And I was like trying to impress them. I'm like, yeah, I do stand up. I First show, you know, big debut, hour and a half. Um, and I expected them to be like, wow, man, that's amazing. Julia was like, oh my God, that's so long. And I'm like, I know. And she's like, no, no, that's like, that's way too long. I was like, right. No, no, no. I mean, it was just, it was like a full solo. She's like, no, that's like, I'm sure. Didn't people get bored? Like an hour and a half? Uh, I, I, did you have a break? I'm like, no, all the way through. They're like, she's, she was like, sheesh. She, you can cut down on that. I was like, uh, I guess that kind of didn't work out the way I thought. How long does like a major headliner do? Just under an hour, I think. Just under an hour. Well, not at the comedy store or at the Laugh Factory. It's like 20 minutes tops, usually. Of course, of course. But I'm talking about headliner, like you're filming. Yeah, an hour. You're filming. Like Kevin Hart has a special coming out today on Netflix. Um, That'll be an hour. Um, And it's good. I think always, it's good to want, like, like always leave them wanting more a little bit. You know, I, at the beginning, I tried to shove every. Also, an hour is also more. Like you, I think yeah. you can do a 20 minute, like a tight 20. That's amazing. Totally. And yeah. yeah, that's what I've been practicing now. And, and, and in fact, for me, what was hard was doing these like five minute sets then because I came in with this energy and like a machine gun, da, 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 right. wanted to get all my thoughts out there and this hyped up adrenaline rush. But I learned, yeah, calmness, confidence, and you don't, every second doesn't need to be funny. You just, you, they have to be engaged, the audience, you know? They can't feel their ass on the seat being like, my ass hurts. Yeah. You know, they have to be with you, but that's uh, same as like, I'm sure performing, right? For you. Well, so, so I see sets in different ways for music, like doing an acoustic set. I always tell people like, I do thir- longer than 30 minutes because I would get mm-hmm. bored if I had to watch someone play longer than 30 minutes. That's not like Paul McCartney or something. That's fine. Right. I would watch Paul do it. But for, um, 
for just some dude, I think that you should cap your acoustic sets because they're so much mm. like speaking in a way, you know? And then yeah, of course. Because the production doesn't really change um, unless you have really sort of entranced music uh, or entrancing music um, where people can lie down and really trip out and be gone, then you can play really long sets, I guess. But me, especially right. me, like I play three minute pop songs, you know what I mean? Sometimes I extend them a little bit because I do like a sing along. Right. That's it. You, you know who does, uh, I think, who combines music with stand up is John Mayer and Dave Chappelle. They do oh, shows. No. They used to do shows together. But yes, yes, yes. But I mean, I've, I've been, so I was thinking of John Mayer while we were speaking because I watched him in LA at the forum, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and that show, he didn't, you know, he wasn't funny. He was just doing yeah. the songs and he did like, you know, uh, um, uh, the average headliner in music, they do about an hour and a half. Right. If you're like, you know, there's legends stuff like Prince did four hours at the Stadthalle in wow. Vienna because he just wouldn't like he did two hours at his main set. And then he's like, OK, good night. And then people started to leave. And then he's like, you know, backstage, he was like, I don't want to stop playing. We're going back on stage. And they went back on stage and they did another 20 minutes. And then he's like, OK, I love you guys. Bye. And people kept like leaving. And then he kept coming back on a stage. And at the end, there's only like 800 people in the Stadthalle in front of the stage. And he's been playing for four hours and he just wouldn't stop. And those wow. are those legend moments, but they're very rare. And then when I go, I do my headline tour and they're very small, right? I play with 600 people, 400 people, 200 people. Sometimes I play for 80 people. Sometimes I've played for 19 people, you know, on a tour. Um, yeah. And I do maximum an hour and a half. Like you, good people like, good people like, good people like you. Do you feel if you play in front of 600 people versus 19 people, are you more, A, do you prefer one over the other? And do you feel more vulnerable? Because I think that music and comedy, they do have that in common. It's like very vulnerable, right? Because yes, yeah. on a, maybe you're more protected if you have not the acoustic version, but like the, with the band and the electronics and all that stuff going on. Maybe in a way you're more protected because in the worst case, you can put the microphone away and there's your amazing music that you've produced right. with your sure. alone or with your team and all that stuff. Um, but like with standup, I feel like if I drop the mic, it's just like, there's nothing. People just stare at you. Sure. Um, and it's worse for me when there's seven people in the audience versus, uh, you know, 500. I think, I think it's, it's easier when there's more, more people. How do you, you like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's easier. And also more, more people also validate what's happening on stage. You know, just mm. I've, I've played at festivals where nobody knew who I was. But because someone was playing after me that was really big, or maybe even an hour and a half after me, they were so big, people came early, that there's like 6,000 people standing there. And I'm just like a beginner, you know, in a way. And it's still, that was so easy. Because you're like, well, like the, the psychology of standing in an audience um, of 6,000, you're like, well, whatever happens on stage, it must be good. And, and knowing that it's a, as a performer, you're then less scared, you know, and you feel right. validated by that. Or you can you can sense there's an air of validation, like, oh, I deserve to be here. And that makes it all very, very easy. Um, it's mm. hard to bomb in front of that many people. And I would say right. it's the same in comedy. It's hard to bomb in front of 2,000 people. It, it's just, have you bombed in front of, like, have you, have, do you remember performances where you, by the way, you know the first time I saw you ever perform? No, tell me. I don't know if I ever told you this. I, I think I had a crush on a girl in your school. Don't even ask me. It was probably, I, had a, I probably had a crush on you, face. Um, <laughs> no, and I went to see 
the cabaret or whatever you guys called it back then. And you were performing with your brother, that music show or whatever in the theater. And you performed with your brother on stage acoustic. And I was like, oh, cool, man. That's like very good music. And that was, I don't know how long, that was like 15 years ago. But it was your band thing or an acoustic thing? Uh, I think it was an acoustic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Do you remember that? I think you did a version of like Coldplay or something even. Yeah, or, 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 some, uh, doing some co- more covers in that time. Covers, yeah, 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 more covers, more covers. But I remember, because our two high schools, <laughs> for those of, I mean, only people that grew up um, with us would know this, but they were like weirdly rival schools, which is the dumbest thing ever, because they're just like such first world problems, like two yeah. very good always a rival school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing that no one could ever take away from your school was like the talent that it had in, especially in music. But the one, but what I noticed with you, I mean, you have been so consistent. You have been so consistent. And there's a lot of people that want to do music. It's kind of like this big dream. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't picture themselves singing in front of thousands of people, I don't know, in, a, in Madison Square Garden or acting in a movie. But it's another thing to actually stick to that. And then suddenly you're an adult and you're still doing it. And you have yeah. just been, I mean, just song after song. And not only that, you've been so consistent. That's why I asked you, like, do you feel pressure to, Stay true to the genre that got you popular, I Not guess, at all. you know? Not at all. But and I think I that's think awesome. I've, I've thought so much about, um, you know, I always try to do this when I'm speaking with people like, oh, they ask me, how did I do it? And I'm like, well, let's just talk about you for a second. Like, what is it that you would want to do? And for me, it's so easy to say, just go and do that then. Just go and do that. Because I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it. And I'm like, I've trained myself to be that way. You know, and I, and I, I, um, I refuse to believe, especially now that I've learned uh, through gaming, um, a game called Fortnite that you'll probably know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Never played because it's way too difficult. And never played, way too difficult. Chess, which you might have heard of that you also. Yeah, way know too difficult. Works, but it's also too difficult. Way so, too difficult. A lot of people think now, especially, and this is why it's relevant with, with this show, Queen's Gambit, that came out They um, yeah. on Netflix. People come up and they're they're playing online and stuff and, and they're like, Well, can I play? Can I do this? I'm like, Yeah, you can you can play. And they're like, Can you show me? I'm like, okay, I can show you some things. But the truth is at the bottom of it, I don't want to talk too much about chess. We'll talk more about music. At the bottom of all these skills that people acquire over time is a lot of work. And if you're not willing to put in the hours, it's like having an awesome body, you know? Like an awesome right. body, it's not about doing push-ups for for a month and yeah. eating good food for a month. It's about years and years and years of work. You know, right? Even, and even when you achieve something, like I know that's the one pointing it out because you have this awesome bod underneath that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say for those of you that aren't watching but listening, he yeah, pointed yeah. at me when he said "awesome body." He pointed at me. It's a lot of work, right? Right. It's no right. joke how much work it is, and people underestimate that. And with music, it's the same way. It's not like it just came naturally to me, and then I just came naturally to write a song, and it came naturally to learn how to record on the computer, and it came naturally to meet the right people, and it came naturally to- right. You know, this no. is how it works. Like it was. Long- Don't you find it's hard to teach that? Like people ask me all the time, like, how do I become a comedian or, or how do I, how do I get like, someone wrote me yesterday, like, how do you, all these workouts that you're doing, you know, cause that wasn't always a thing. I got myself there. Right. I, I made it a point to myself to, yeah, I want to just like feel more in touch with my body and I want to see if I can like pull this off. And, and people are like, how do you do it? Can you teach? And it's not rocket science. It's fucking hard work. But like it just because this works for me doesn't mean it'll work for you. James is not going to tell you play this chord and that chord. You could learn how to play his song. But, but if people ask me, like, how do I become an artist or something? I always right. go like, OK, well, let's take, take a step back. Like, what is your intention here? Do you want right. to 
do you, what is it you really want to do? Because becoming an artist is like this big, big, big mix of everything, you know? Definitely. It's very, very com complex. And to keep an artist project alive is extremely complex. Like, what is your intention here? Do you want to have big biceps? You know, do you want to, do you want to, or do you, right. in singing, do you want to write a song? That's an intention. You know, that's a real thing. Or do you, do you want to have an album someday? Um, do you want, or, or is it just you want to be famous on Instagram and have a lot of followers? Because then there's a different path you have to take. If it, it, it's yeah. all like, I try to break it down. If somebody asks me, um, I'm not like, well, forget about it because it's so difficult. You'll never be an artist. I never, I never say that. Um, it's always like, I can find an answer for everybody. I just need to know what their real question is and they need to know. Yeah, you break it down. You go to, yeah. And, and people are so afraid to, I think, especially when, when you're not alone, <laughs> answering that arm, to yourself. How big is your arm when you do that? Yeah. Are you doing well, that? My <laughs> doing that Dude. He's like, it, it's, 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 it's out of control. It's out of control. But let me tell you something. Like a child's arm. It's, 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 it's all, it's all fat. All right. Look at that. Oh, it is all fat. That is what I Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Enough. All right. All right. It's great. It's great. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Is there a mirror there or what's over there? No, it's my phone filming me. Oh yeah. You wanted to get the side. Which is kind of a mirror. Yeah. Dude, my, I, so pale over on zoom. I am so pale right now. That's fine. Yeah, okay. I look like I'm like I'm made of yellow for some reason. I think I have to change the um, lumen on this lamp over here. It's another word you'll learn when you're building your studio. Lumen. I'm 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 still on ring light. Re yeah, Re a recent experience. Um, you know, learning something from scratch. You're like, oh, I want to like stream something. And right. I was like, oh, well, that'll be easy. Like I'll get Twitch and I'll stream something. And it was, no, it took me a month of like research and finding out exactly how. And then, and then I'm watching all these YouTube videos on like how to set up uh, the, how to choose the right camera, how to choose the right lens, how to choose the right stand, how to choose the right light, how, how to set things up. You know, doing that back there is actually like a technique that people use to create ambient. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now a lot like, of work goes into it. You just got to re you, you have to really do the work. It sounds so stupid because it's so simple, right? They're like, oh, you just got to plug in a microphone and talk yeah, like the, 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 I guess that's like the basics, right? Like you, the, ultimately you can have all the cool lights, the whole setup and everything. Like you, you know, you have people want to like, you can put Bill Burr into, he did the Albert Hall for that big special. You can yeah. do it there, but he can also do it in the living room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, it's a content, right? Where we strayed off though, which was really interesting was, and this was my question going around in my head was how many people before you can't bomb anymore? How many people? Mm. Because for, well, I, I wonder if a big comedian would be like, well, you can bomb in front of 2,000 people. But I wonder if I was like two, because it, it would be hard. I think it would be hard to bomb in front of a lot of people. Well, I'll give you an example of that. And that was probably one of the worst shows I've ever had. I opened for a famous comedian, a female comedian in Germany who has so many fans. Because you were saying, you know, when you started, you, you, mm -hmm. you know, other people were the headliners and, and you just had a great chance to sort of show your music to their audience. So it's like, oh, the pressure's off. And that's how I always felt. But then there were, maybe it wasn't even that big, but there were 500 people in the audience, which for my standards at the time, I mean, that's even now, it's huge, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, imagine we do another episode in a year and I'm like, <laughs> got smaller. I lost, I lost fans. Now, uh, so 500 people, she was super popular and she has very specific, she has like diehard fans. And so I thought I'm going to come out there. I'm her opener. I had 20 minutes. I'm going to kill it. Oh. Dude, I got my family there, my friends, 500 people. Because the thing is, what I'm learning is that if I perform in front of 20 people, it's like someone, 
the U.S. is a bit different because they're just like they live and breathe comedy and performances and entertainment. But especially in the German speaking world, everyone's always afraid to make a mistake. They're afraid to laugh too loud. Oh, my God. Embarrassing. I, someone heard me laugh. That was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But w- when you have like 500 people, you're hidden and everyone can just roar, you know, and it's infectious. So I, I was ready to kill. And she had a DJ that was like playing for half an hour. It's like random hip hop music. As people were walking and, in the door. Uh, yeah, yeah. Already when people were walking in and all that stuff, no one announced that she would have an opener. Mm. None of the promotional posters, none of the, everyone was just expecting to see her. And she's a very specific comedian. Yeah. Has a very, like all of her fans are like um, from, you know, either like from Iran or like Persian or, or, or generally Middle Eastern, but like further away from Israel, like more on the other side of things. <laughs> and okay, she's like, I, this is, I, I, I was like, yeah, you know, she's like a strong powerhouse Muslim, uh, um, yeah. a Persian woman. Yeah. And here comes this small but insecure Jew boy, German, 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 right. German. Right. She, she does it in Farsi sometimes, but this was German. And suddenly so I'm just like waiting backstage. And after like half an hour, her manager is like, all right, dude, go and, and you can go out there and do your thing. And I'm like, oh, is no one going to announce me? Like, is no one? Because even when I perform at the Laugh Factory on an open mic night, someone, a host will hype me up, Nadeev, you know? Um, And no one said anything. And I just like walk out there looking like a nerdy stage manager or like a technician. And everyone was just confused. And I took the mic and I started like telling my jokes. And I I realized within the first minute, I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to (sighs) bomb. No one is laughing. First of all, they're looking at me so angry. Yeah. So angry. Like I saw eyes that were just like piercing through me. Well, imagine you didn't know there was an opener. The lights go down, the music goes off and you're like, here she comes. Yeah. And out comes something. And and exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't even that. It was the lights were on. Yeah. The DJ was still playing. Then he just stopped. And then I just walked on. (laughs) And horrible, 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 horrible. And there were 500 people. And luckily I improvised and I sort of say, I'm sure it was worse than how I have it in my head, but I got myself out of it um, and I just made an instant decision. Like I cannot stick to my set right now. I need to improvise. I need to go with something else. And that kind of got me out of the shit. But then I left there and I was devastated because you're also trying to impress. It's like if you performed, I don't know, let's say you're 20 years old and you're opening for Green Day and you suck suddenly. You're like, fuck. Not that they're listening, but like maybe they are or John Mayer or whatever it is. And then she was really grateful. She she was generous. She got on stage. She's like, do you guys know who this is? He's like, one funniest up-and-coming comedians in Austria, America. What, during your set? Right after, when she took okay. the stage. Okay. And I was like, tough crowd. I, I went to her and I'm like, dude, tough crowd. Like, really, oh. you know, good luck. And she got out there and killed. Yeah, like, within the first 10 seconds, they were screaming. I mean, they were her fans. They were her fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so so it happens. Yeah, it's that's that's a really tough situation. And with comedy, it's different because if I go out and I'm doing music, like if I can play a few chords, that that's a good starting point generally. Unless it's like a jazz right. show or something where there there's like it's it, there's an expectation and the standards are very high. That's something that I wanted to speak on before was the standards for like people don't even know what the standard is for playing an instrument generally. You know, unless they're all they've all studied jazz music and you're supposed to play like a night of Coltrane and then you can't play anything, then everyone's going to know. But if you right. if people are expecting relatively a pop show and then you go out and you play chords and you sing and you hit the notes, that's enough. You know, you've already you already kind of have them, you know, 
Whereas with comedy, were you ever in a situation? Yeah, I mean, I would think that there's there there are for sure comedy snobs, and I'm sure that everyone thinks, especially in the open mic scene, it's difficult because everyone thinks that they they know what's going on and that everyone else right. doesn't. And and I'm sure people, you know, there was a time when I started doing open mics in London. The first couple times I went there, I would fly there and just do them, like sometimes three a day, you know. Yeah. Um, I would stay, you know, not in the beginning, I didn't do three a day. I would just stay until the end. I went to play one and then till the end because I thought that's what you did. And I started to notice after uh, after a couple times that I went, people just leave, like they play and bounce, you know? And I was like, well, yeah. what are they doing? Why don't they care? They don't care about anything. They're just coming right. like, like, here's my awesome song. See you later type of thing. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, fuck you, dude. And I was right. like, I'm not going to do that. And I stayed and stayed. And then it wasn't until, you know, after um, probably 50, no, I wanted, probably after 30, 30 or 40 shows that I was like, well, I'm not going to stick around and watch this shit show. That's right. what it generally was because it was just some pretty horrible, you know. And, and it can it can affect you negatively too. Like if you yeah. stay around and watch a bunch of bad, I mean, you know. And you're also like, is this what is this what I'm going to be? And I think that helped me with doing open mics was like, well, this is not the the pond that I want to be in. It became clear to me. You know, I wasn't, um, and, and uh, to be honest, some of my most favorite performances that I watched were like completely normal people that came in with a guitar after a day of work, like, you know, scraping the paint off the back of his knuckles still, this mm-hmm. guy, you know, taking his guitar and I wrote something in a piece of paper on his knee, you know, playing the song that he wrote at work. Well, his intent, it's also like your intention, like you said, intention. Like I think a lot of people get it confused so quickly as soon as there's an audience, like this is my moment to impress. Right. Yeah. Right. And this is my moment to like show them that I'm better deep down inside. I'm sure a lot of comedians also, they go and and I'm sure I've had this, like I'm going to be the best tonight. Yeah. But it, 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 it pulls you away from your intention. Like what, what, do you, did you always have the same, like why, why music for you? I mean, beyond the obvious that you love music, right? But I mean, I was just, I always got really good reactions even from when I was a kid, you know, mm. it was already like, uh, you know, someone had tears in their eyes at the family concert and we're like, when are you going to do that again? And my feeling was like, as soon as possible. That's what I was thinking inside. Yeah. And I'm going to figure out a song that's even better next time and keep doing mm. that. And I always, it came from a place of like, trying to elicit positive reactions from other people, which obviously married very well into having a, a pop project that reaches as many people as possible and works quite well with the commercial side of things because you're intentionally making a product that is attractive to other people, you know? So that, that goes hand in hand with, you know, selling records, getting streamed, getting on radio and everything. Like if that's what you want, then awesome. You know, some people make music because they want to express some, um, uh, you know, noise element or something. They they want to disturb. Um, um, some people make music to express political opinions. Uh, I've never really been like that. I've just always made music to sort of make people happy and comfort people. You know, and and mm-hmm. I think there's a very clear within that parameter. It becomes very clear what what my goals are. You know, every time I go into making a record, because or or, or at least at least which train I have to get on to get there. You know, like the destination right. is clear. Yeah, that's my point. And I think with with comedy, your destination is clear too, right? Your goal is to make people yeah. laugh. What makes people laugh changes over time. So you have to pay attention. Sure. Like when you're making pop music, every couple of and years. And you and I change too, right? Like my humor, my not my yet my 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 jokes. They develop, they get and, and the um, general aesthetic and the general consciousness for for music as well as comedy changes over time. You know, pop music right. twenty years ago, if you go out and play a song like that now, um, you'll get a lot of eyes rolling deep in the back of their head. You know, people don't mm. want to hear that now. 
you know, they're, they're, they're desensitized to, to a lot of things. Um, so you don't want to be stuck in time. It's, it's important to stay on top of things. And I'm sure it's the same in comedy, bro. You got to stay, stay on top of it and, and try yeah. to be irrelevant by telling, you know, jokes about Biden now or something. Um, but just stay relevant in terms of what in terms of the climate. Yeah. What the climate? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the whole PC movement. Um, but also like what, what sound, what do people like right now? You know, do they, do yeah. they like, like, yeah, that's always an inner battle for me like, because it's like, is like, what is it? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's part of the description. And, and that's like a big thing. Cause you have to be willing to fail. Like, it's so obvious to say that, but like, especially I can only speak for myself as a comedian. Like there, there is no way out of it. I will bomb. Uh, I've seen superstars bomb, which is mm-hmm. a lot less, you know, common, but, but it happens. And, and sometimes the only way to really practice a joke is to just go up there and and do it and say it and it develops, it becomes better. And there needs to be this, this like safe environment. And that's something that I don't feel on these zoom or Instagram live stand-up shows because people can like keep it forever for this one moment. And I do shitty jokes all the time, you know, and I do, and, and, and the difference is when you do them on stage, like you just instantly can tell there's an audience there. You get a reaction and then you just either play it off or you learn for the next time or you change and develop it. Um, but yeah, I, I still feel that there's so much left in me to like, I have so many stories that I still want to say and, and, and make, you know, how to make an audience laugh and, and sort of her make myself the butt of the joke in a way. And then of course, eventually it'll be more things that happen in the day in, in life and through my perspective, right? This so, so what is there a way to do. analyze? Like if I had to analyze for you what popular right. music sounds like right now, I could probably pretty, you know, with a, with some slight research and showing you some examples, show you um, or illustrate um, what it is that people generally like now. Like what wave mm. we're on right now. You know, it wouldn't mm. be that hard um, and you would get it. Is there a way you can do that with comedy too now where you could tell me like, well, people don't like self-deprecating humor. People are tired of one-liners. Um, they don't like, mm. uh, you know, I'm trying to think what was popular, like with Pablo Francisco or something. That's like, right. These voices, trailer voices, uh, impressions. Right. I, I think that people are, it's not that they're tired of this. And, and I think it's more, they're a lot more sensitive right now Yeah. Okay. to certain subjects. I think that's where comedians from what the conversations I'm having and also other podcasts I'm listening to, a lot of comedians are like, I feel like on the one hand, it's the best time for comedy because there's so much shit going on in the world. On the other hand, it's the worst time because everyone is hypersensitive and you're not allowed to say this, you're not allowed to say that, you have to be careful for this. And, you know, and so I think they're, they're being really um, careful now and, and, and um, not limiting, but, but filtering their jokes. And that can also be a good thing, but also a dangerous thing because... I feel like comedy is the final form of, of real freedom of speech, you know, and especially if your intention is to make people laugh at the end of the day. And through that, you're going to fuck up. But I don't know if it's one-liners people love now and self-deprecating is what they don't like. I just think right now people need to laugh. They love to laugh, but they're also very sensitive. So you kind of got to be careful. And it's annoying because, yes, you learn from it and it's, it's good. But, um, but at the same time, like, what are we doing this for? Like, why, how do we push the envelope? How do we take risks? How do we move forward? And people hold you accountable for so much. And I think it's like a little too, I don't know, it's a, it's a fine line, but, um, I'm finding more and more that people like it when I end the joke with saying that, but I'm the one who fucked it. If I have a story about an awkward first, like having sex with a girl, 
Right. They're they're gonna laugh, but they're not gonna love it if the joke ends with, and that's why she sucks in bed. It has to be. That's why I was shy and awkward and. Uh, right, you know, right, yeah, yeah. That makes you more. It would make you more um, appealing, I guess. Appealing and re- relatable, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. But what I oh, obviously and look, we there's there's I I definitely there's so much I want. I've always been interested in 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 you and and all this stuff that you're are doing. You, are and, you quite analytical in your approach to the to the to what you do? Um. In what way? Well, with stand-up, are you like, well, okay, I've, how many jokes is a half an hour? Tell me, 12, 15, 30? Yeah, so for me, I don't do one-liners. I don't, like, I have stories, right? Yeah. So for me, in 20 minutes, I could tell one or two stories, you know? One or two stories. Yeah, or if I'm like, okay, I really want to get stuff out there, of course, I can wrap a story up in five minutes. But right. let's say a half an hour special, I'll say four, four jokes, four stories with like little moments. Now, without minutes. destroying the magic, but have you... Do you have them written down like before? You- I have them in bullet points and things I don't want to miss. Like I'll go up before I have a show. I say, I don't want to miss A, B, C, D. Right. But all the in-between sentences, if they're meant to be, they're meant to be. And if not, not. And I'm really open to improv. And you've never written them down. No, no. I've never like rarely. Sometimes I'll write like a paragraph of what the story is, but I've never written jokes. No. Okay. All right. Or joke. I mean, stories even. No, not really. Just bullet points. If you look at my notes on my phone, it's just bullet point, bullet point. And then sometimes I'll go back to it and I'm like, what was I talking about there? Okay, so you are relying quite a lot on your natural or trained ability to deliver. Yeah, if anything, it, 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 that's what saves me a lot of the time. Because I yeah, think yeah. comedians have these perfect jokes, but then when they don't work, they are stuck and they don't know how to get out of them. But for me, it's like, that's when I actually thrive. You know, I can, I can improvise. I can use the energy in the room, the audience. I've learned this over time. I used to bomb and just be terrified because I failed. I want to make them laugh and they're against me. Why, why am I even doing this? But now it's like I, I, live, I, I live for the mistakes, for the moments that don't go well. But I have also learned that like I need to get to the joke sometimes. There's so yeah. little time and people, they just want to get to the like joke. For, for me like if i was doing it i think i would be the type of person and this is how i am in music too that at least once has written it down to the point that it's perfect you know what i mean mm. i have written somewhere that's perfect and then every time i perform it it's different but i know like i've thought a lot about the about specific lines and as i'm as i'm writing it i'm like oh that's going to be really good like i've actually thought about that right. it's going to be deeper and th- that's how i imagine and maybe correct me if i'm wrong but that um that the masters of comedy do it as well. Like a Bill Burr, when he tells these perfectly timed stories, he's relying on his ability to perform and, and deliver as well. But he has mm. a very, very clear plan. Is that inaccurate? Yeah, well, especially in their specials, right? Like if I go up like, uh, and do a 15-minute set, All right. um, I'll just sometimes have zero plan. I just go up there, look at someone in the audience, say, what's up, where are you from, what do you do? And then I just go with it, you know? Um, and yeah. sometimes those are the best I did, ones. I did a charity set yesterday for, for Zara in Austria, the CV Kubata oh, cool. and I didn't plan what song. I had no idea what the set list was going to be. I, right. I literally went. Yeah, because like, you're confident too. You know what you. And those types yeah. of sets, it's fine. But when I go on tour, it's like, well, in this exact moment, this light is going to go on and that light's going to go off and those are going to flash. And then at the end of the song, they turn that, that color and go down. And then right. the next song. And it's not random. This song goes after oh. that song. And Bro, so when I do a special, like when I do a full hour show yeah. and by now I've done three, three different ones. And in January, I'm going to do my first German speaking one. Three six hour shows. Yeah. 
no, 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 three, three, yeah, more or less one. And the first one was quite long. And then the second two are just under an hour. So three hour, three, one hour shows, more or less. Um, and uh, I, yeah, of course, there's, it, it, the only thing that's random is maybe like spur of the moment, improv moments, you know? Um, but I do know exactly what I'm going to say, when I'm going to say it. And of course, I practice a joke. If I'm going to perform a new joke tonight, I'll say it out loud two, three times in my apartment. Right. But no matter how, and I know, okay, this is going to be funny, I think. This one's going to, but you never know until you're in the room. Yeah. And so then when you do in the room, that's why I was so confused. Like when I first got to LA, every night I did a different story. And then I saw like all the big ones, you know, uh, Maniscalco, whatever, Delia, Rogan, all these people. Yeah. Same fucking set for, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks, whatever it is. And then they perfect it and it develops and it changes and then they move on. And then a year later, you see their Netflix special. I'm like, oh, that's where all that went into. Okay, now I know why. Because it's practice. They're practicing, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my approach. I write them down in bullet points. I talk it out. But the best practice is in front of an audience. And that's why in these corona times, not to talk too much about it, I mean, we didn't really, but it's, it's, it's so hard. Nothing. No, literally zero. First time I mentioned it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, it's just like, you don't get that feedback from people. No. Um, you know, I think that once you're in front of an audience, it's too late to practice. Like you better already know what you're doing. And, and, um, and I well think, with music, it's different though. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, Cause and, you're not like, Ooh, I wonder what line, you know what this line is instead of miss you, I'll say miss I, you know, it's like, they're going to be like, what are you doing? Um, I, I, I would. I'm just very, very calculated in, in those specific moments. And I do think that it's led to uh, what you could call success. Like nobody knows who I am, really. It's funny that you said that at the beginning, everyone does. Nobody knows who I am, is the truth. Um, and, and yet I've managed to achieve a level of success that's like financially good. And also, if you look at what actually happened um, over the last 10 years, like I've done some shit, you know, I'm proud of it. Um, Absolutely. And, and you have, I'm sorry, but I was in Thailand in a taxi, yeah, in like a bicycle taxi and they were playing your right. song. I was yeah. in LA and they were playing your song. So this is, it's so interesting because you, I, we've spoken about this. Your, some of your songs, I mean, it's no secret. There are millions and millions and millions of streams. And yet you feel like you're not, even though you're such a recognizable person, you feel like you yourself are not famous in that sense yet in, in, no, it's not that I feel. It's like uh, literally nobody knows who I am. If I and why do you think that? It, and 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 because I was going to ask you, like, when was the moment you realized, like, got it? This is success. Like, oh, this I I, I made it, or whatever making it really means. But it's really, whatever that you want it to be. And for me, the goal was always to reach as many people as possible with the songs, and that happened. Like they're in every corner of our planet, of our yeah. tiny little. Uh, it's actually a huge planet, isn't it? If you're a human, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're everywhere. And, uh, that for me is, that's the success I was going for. Um, of course you have this dream, this, this, as a kid that you're like, everyone knows you and follows you around. And when you walk down the street, it's like, Oh, I can, you know, you can barely go for five steps because someone else yeah. loves you. Um, but I don't think that's really such a great life, you know? Um, do you and, think that's one of the reasons why you haven't taken the real step to go to LA? Maybe, but, it, but well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for sure. There, there's got to be some subconscious thing, but I never, I never consciously was like, I don't want to be famous and now I'm not famous. And therefore like I've, I've done what I wanted to do. You know, I've, I've definitely tried and I still try to bring attention to the project. Um, right. And I put myself in the center of it. I mean, I named the project after myself, you know, 
So there's some, there's clearly like a a desire to be well-known. I just haven't cracked the code yet. And I feel like at this point, the harder I think about it, the, the less I can see, you know? And I think that my, Mm -hmm. my thing right now is like, just let me relax and let me do, um, let me do what I do best, which is sing and write, you know, it's a, it's a very Zen way to look at things. I think it's a very healthy way. And right now it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that the song itself at the moment is, is more important to you that that connects with people than, yeah. than them recognizing who you are. As, no. and, and yet I dyed my hair green. And but yet you dyed your hair green. But dyeing my hair green was a personal, was like for me. I think I think I told Yeah, you. and it's nice that they have a connection to it. I mean, maybe also subconsciously you're like, I want them it's like, you know, when someone wears a yellow jacket at nighttime, like you can spot them. I think with you, when I think of James, James Hersey, like it's so funny. Like anyone who has green hair, even if it was like from the eighties, I'm like, they're copying James. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so you, I feel like it's really a part of you and you also have super, fantastic super hair. I'm happy but, with it, bro. I'm super happy with the, with the green hair. And, it was just, and you know what it is? It seems authentic. Really? It does. I would tell you otherwise. I would be like, dude, what are you putting on like 10 is. earrings and this? It just it seems is. like very you right now. It just is. And, and it was years and years of walking past mirrors and thinking that guy looking back at me is not who is inside. You know, I didn't feel like mm. that when, when I looked at myself, I didn't recognize who I really was because I think I'm quite a colorful, fun, like interesting guy. And when I walked yeah. past like brown hair, James, I was just bored. And finally I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I don't need to get tattoos all over my body. I just need to have flash green hair so that I can right. wear black clothes. And still, still people are like, that guy's interesting or that guy's fun or that guy's different. At least at the very least, they think I'm different. And that's, that's at the very least they say that guy because they're already their eyes are drawn towards you. you go. Yeah, and, you know, and, 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 and you combine that with your somewhere where it was completely disconnected from a music release. It had nothing to do it with with my music or my artist project. It's completely just me. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the last song I released was in November, and this, the 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 uh, uh, in November last 2019, and then the most recent song I just put out October 23rd. So it's almost a year in between. And right in the middle, like just before Corona, middle of March, I was like, I want green hair, and I don't want this to be yeah. uh, a marketing move, and I don't want this to be like, oh no no, for the label to be like, oh he has green hair now, let's like put that on, you know, nothing. It's that's just this is just who I am. No, I think it's great. And and that can change too. I think it's like living in the moment, you know, do what makes you feel you in that moment. And by the way, your song I, uh, is so stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But in the best way, it makes me so happy. Sometimes I'm sad and I, and your song comes in my head and I'm like, damn it, I want to stay sad. Wow. I'm like, it gets me in such a good place. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's an extremely positive song. The most positive song I've ever released. Yeah, but it's awesome. It's really, you you fucking nailed it. Bro, everybody kind of likes it. You know, it's very pop. It's very down the middle. I've never Put been a polarizing. Exactly. I've never been a polarizing artist. You know, there's never been people who would like do anything for me and love me to die. And, and there's never been people that absolutely hate me and can't listen to my music. It's always been like, oh, he's pretty good. It's always been down the middle, you know? And, um, and that's, yeah. that's done well for me. I mean, even today, I'm only really saying that because the guy at the coffee shop that I go to was like, we've been listening to your song in here, man. It's so nice and it's so pop and it's so down the middle and you can just throw it on. And then as I, as you, right. you know, after he made it and uh, I was just packing up my um my my uh, bag, he he started to play the song outside and he was like, yeah, man, I just love it. He just loves it, and it made me. Happy. No, we need we need we need more of that for sure. It's nice. It's nice. It's it's nice. And and sometimes I wish it was more polarizing, um, because then I think you like friction, right? Makes heat and attracts attention and. Mm-hmm. 
not having any, you know, just kind of gliding through life and gliding through your career with this kind of like music that works um, is not as exciting, I think. Yeah, well, listen, the, the, I think the hair is exciting uh, and, 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 and has that effect already strong enough. You don't, I, I think your music speaks to so many people and it's beautiful and it, it fits into so many different moods. And I, I don't think like when I think James Hersey, I think of a certain tone or something. But then again, not really like your acoustic versions are maybe softer. Your the other versions are more poppy. I don't know. But it's 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 awesome. I think there's there's many situations I find myself in where I'm like driving in L.A., where we would play your music because it's like, it, it, yeah, it depends on what mood you're in, but you're very versatile, actually. Within your genre, whatever that is, you are very versatile. There's like, I would listen to specific songs of yours for specific moods that I'm in. Nice. You know, um, whereas as much as I love Drake, there's like two songs where I'm like, okay, these are different. And a lot of the other ones, I love them all, but they're kind of like the same. Well, that's the thing. He's um, too much music, that guy. You know, I've on average yeah. in my career with of music songs that are released with my voice on them, there's um I've put out about four a year, four songs a year on average through the whole thing. Yeah. So there's about forty, I think a little less than forty songs, and then there's all these remixes. So there's something like fifty, you know. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. But the also ones that the... I put out, it's like I don't just don't I don't think I don't think that's how art should be made either. And music is an art form that you should put out fifty songs a year. Or right. three 20 song albums. Or well, that's the same with me. Like, I don't feel like I, you know, the, the whole, you know, you told me about a crazy experience in LA with the Vine people, you know, and these like, you know, in, influencers and all that stuff. Right. And I feel like it's not my style. Like, yes, like these sketch comedy things, sure. But like these quick, cheaply made, and they're so funny, some of them, um, Instagram comedy videos, it's just not me. And I've always been fighting against that. Right. And I'm like, I don't need to, everyone's like, you should do them, you should do them, and they'll go viral. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. Only, they will only do that if I really, feel myself in them. Otherwise it's just well, put on and it's not really... Where do you see yourself now? Because is it, are you a stand-up comedian? Is that what you want to be? Yeah, I've finally, be finally been brave enough to admit that. If someone asks you, what do you do? I say, I'm an actor and a comedian. Right, and a comedian. Yeah. And, and, and that's, the, that's the goal. Yeah, for now, yeah. I think awesome. eventually I'll start directing my own, telling my own stories again, but, yeah. but I, that's not my focus. Right now I want to tell them on stage as a comedian and... Um, and as an actor, and as an actor, I'm excited to do all sorts of stuff. But, but this and this podcast thing, I mean, I'm only really just starting, but it's kind of therapeutic for me and it combines everything because that's why I called it jokes aside. Of right. course, it's going to be, there's going to be funny moments, but really I like talking about other things and, and, and getting to the deep shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, by the way, on my, on, on that podcast note, I usually end them with, um, I, you know, the, the way we grew up. Uh, whenever, you know, I have three older brothers, big family, uh, let's say it was my brother's birthday. Everyone says like three things about the birthday boy, you know, in my situation, oh, no. boy, unless it was her mom. So for you, I'm going to pretend it's your birthday right now. I'm going to say three things that I appreciate about you. Thank you. Um, or, I, and, uh, and you're just going to take it and then maybe you're going to tattoo it on the back of your ass. Hole. All right. Um, yeah. So the first thing is, <laughs> by the way, hate it. Hated that I sang your song there for the 0.1 second. Put him on didn't... me. Don't worry. <laughs> Dude, I didn't hit the I... note. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I sang it so high. We, we, it was such a battle in the studio, man. I, was, I hated my producer while I was recording that song. I'm going to try to hit it. Put it on me. No, horrible. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. It's the, you know what it is? The me is the hardest thing. 
Yeah, because it's the highest one. Put him on. I think it's. I think that's how high it is. Hang on. I was thinking this morning in the shower, like <laughs> you know those guitars that you always put behind you in the thing. Like I never yeah. play those two electrics that are on the wall. I barely ever ever play them. Oh, really? They look great. Everyone, yeah. This is the actual key of the song. Wow! Put them on me. That's where it is. So go, you do that now. Put him on me. Put it on me. There you go. You got it. It's right there. And it's it's from right. here. It's from here. Yeah, no, I will 100% send you all <laughs> all these attempts and you're going to fix them. And then when the audience is, when people listen to it, they're like, wow, man, this guy sounds like he's auto-tuned because you're going to do that for me. Um, so three things I appreciate. First of all, that was just amazing. That's That was awesome. Thanks for doing that. I should have had you play guitar the whole, yeah. the whole interview. Playing the guitar. Keep on singing interview. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that you really are very, you've just always been authentically you. Really, it sounds so cheesy to say, but since we were kids, teenagers, you really, teenagers, did you see how, <laughs> so Italian. Um, no one in my family is Italian. Uh, you have been so authentic and everything you do, whether it's a new song, hair color, uh, fucking style, whatever. Uh, Whatever it is, I feel it is very much you, really. Like you could have, you could shave your head tomorrow and rap and I still feel like it would be you because you do everything very, I don't know, it feels very visceral, visceral and very, it comes from a good place. And I really think it's, it's, I didn't know what it was and it's intention. I think your intention is just very clear. So that's the first thing I want to tell you. You're very authentic. Um, the second thing is you're super generous. I think I, I, I sadly, there's so much, even though we're not in the same, you know, we're artists, but we're not in the same industry necessarily. I, I do so much jealousy around and so much like competition and I compete against myself all the time. But with you, you were always generous with your time. Um, whenever I, I, even the way you interact with people on live Instagram, it's just so generous and uh, like very, again, authentic. And I'm sure that a lot of those things aren't easy because it's easy to talk to a fan that's like, oh, we love your music, but I don't know, you get all sorts of people on there, you know, you have a lot of people that tune in and you just, you're very generous with your time and yeah. that's important. That really is. I hope that never it's changes. It's, it's hard to be at like the target for what's going on right now. It's hard for me to be like yeah. that someone can, could, would say that they appreciate some things, but I, I, yeah. um, I like, yeah, this it's, it's an interesting idea to do this you're really putting me in the spot <laughs> no dude listen you're blushing hard right now those things that you were saying they're just natural you know to me like why wouldn't yeah. i take a second to talk to somebody yeah it's easier said than done i think you're doing it because you're i mean i don't know maybe it's the way you grew up and i i feel i'm that way too i try to be um you have you know you you reach more people now and, and i think that I sometimes have a mini, mini, mini fear of like, I wonder if that ever changes. And I don't know, what, me observing you throughout your, you know, um, music from that high school performance all the way up to now, I really do feel you stay, uh, you're very generous and you're, and you're very giving and, and I guess yes, you, stay you stay true to yourself. And a part of that is also, you have this, this goal, right? You, of course, we speak often about LA and these things, but you don't ever deny your roots and where you're from. And, and I, and you know, you're happy to speak German and to tell people really where you grew up, what your deal is, you know, you never try to run away from who is sort of like what your surrounding is. And, and if anything, it makes you more unique and, and you own up to that. And those are, I could, I could go on and on. Um, and then, and here are five things I hate about you. Yeah, no, really, that'd be a good second. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. I'm going to try to stop you before you find try to find a third thing. Um, you know what? They blended. They all blended. Okay, One big thing. Um, you want to hit me with three chords on your guitar and then we'll peace out? That you're going to ask me you are... appreciate about you. I mean, I think... Um, and now we don't know each other that well. We've known each other right. for a long time, but I've never like slept at your place or something where we played video games together. Um, yeah. But something that I uh, always appreciated was your uh, ability to interact with people very on a, on a gentle level, you know, and a fun level. And I think that's kind of who you've become now as well. And um, I really, really, w- what I admire most in, in recent couple interactions that we had is your grit and ability to push through and get what you're going for you know i was i was surprised when you first told me you shelved that that film because it seemed unnatural to who you were but it makes a lot of sense now and I, i think that it takes a lot of strength to do that um and i would like i i just love to watch someone who's working hard you know and i've been told i've kind of been told the same thing so um I think you're on the right path, and and you know you're you're you you have you, you said you're 30 now, right? Yeah. I feel like, you know, for music, I'm 32, right? Music is like it's for 18 year olds and 20 year olds and 25 year olds, and the kind of magic of being young. So I, I wonder how long people are going to be interested in what I do. But I think that you have um, there's a lot of time ahead, and and uh, I, I really look forward to what's going to come. You know what I mean? When's your next special out? What's going on? So we're taping it January 16th here um, in my parents' living room where I performed for the first time when I was seven years old and had my first makeout. And it'll be the first full German hour. So, Wow. And there's going to be yeah. watching? Yeah, we're going to have like, it, the whole concept is like family, friends, and then maybe friends of friends, but very intimate, sitting down um, and, and oh talking about God. real personal Very-y. stuff. It's super scary. If I had to Especially t- my dad in the audience. I'm like, yeah. ooh, doesn't like what I say ever. If I had to tape something, I would want, I would be like, buy my family tickets to another city, like to right. not be there. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to make the show tonight. And my mom's always like, what do you mean? Of course I'll be there. And I'm like, all right. Well, <laughs> I know. Okay. They know. They find out. They're in it, dude. They're watching my story. I'm like, you know, Sammy Malcho underscore 1936 when he was born. <laughs> the old school. I mean, uh, maybe I'll convince him I'll throw a house party and they need to leave the house. We'll I, I, I'm curious to see it. I wonder if, if um, maybe you should tape one with all strangers and one with all family and friends. Yeah, that would be interesting. And and also, I, I just owe it to myself to do one in German as well. I've kept, kept running away from that. And it's like, just want to try it, you know, see where that takes me. I've never sung in German. Yeah. I don't, I don't, Now's your chance. Yeah. This is my chance. It's your chance. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to probably like fucking play some of your acoustics right now as I speak under my tone, under my, under my ending, ending sentences to, to, to make sure those people get the Zen vibe, the James Hersey vibe, um, driving their car to wherever, you know. Thank you. That was fun. I, I'm, I, you inspired me to uh, do something similar in the future again. So hopefully we'll do it together. For sure. Not, um, you know, I wish you luck doing it with other people and I'll come back anytime. Just let me know. Hey man, you're the best. James Hersey, thank you. A lot of love and uh, I'll see you in Berlin maybe next week. I'll yeah, let you know. Cool. Yeah, hit me up. Thank you for having me. You got Cue it. Cue outro music. Dun, dun. Cue outro music. All right. Boom. I pressed the stop button. That was good. Hold on to me. Let go before I know 
for sure that you're asleep. Dance monkey, dance. <laughs> <laughs>